Hey everyone, how the heck are ya? How we doing? Hope we're doing well. Um, happy Sunday. Happy uh, first game of the playoffs for Tampa Bay. The Bucks made the Eagles fly back home empty-handed, dude. What was the rest of that score? 31 to 15, I believe. Um, let me just double check. I was just watching it and I can't remember the score. 31 15. Shout out to us, man. Because uh, Tampa Bay is the shit. Tampa Bay is the shit. What would we be without Tom Brady? Right, Beans? She heard me yell and now she's looking at the wall. <laughs> it's not where the voice came from. I'm sure you heard it bounce off the wall like the audio wave. But I'm over here, little girl. Um, she's going into the other room now. She thinks it's coming from the other room. God, I love this breed of dog, but can't say that she's the smartest of them all. Um, so today's good, right? We had a little, uh, we had a little storm come through last night and, um, bringing in some windy weather so if you hear any knocking or anything loud um it's the blinds behind me smacking the window because you know it's that time of the year where we just leave the ac turned off save money on the electric bill and um use nature's ac even when it's like 65 degrees in here there were days that i woke up and it was like 64 degrees in our apartment and you know quite frankly that's too cold right it's too it's a little too cold but you know what by the time the sun comes up it's like 70 or 71 in the apartment so you know it's really quite worth it especially when that next bill comes in um it'll be like 50 dollars, and you know I got to tell you, I just made coffee and I put almond milk in it and it's like separated, dude. This is the weirdest fucking thing I've ever seen. It's like if you put water and oil together, um, I don't know what's happening here. I'm still drinking it, but it's, it's, um, ah, man, it's freaking me out. I don't know if I should be drinking it. It's very weird. I'm not, you know, the biggest scientist, so I don't I don't know what that means. I don't know if the coffee's more dense than the almond milk or like I didn't put any like butter or anything in my coffee. Um so I don't know why it would separate like that. It's just very uh, strange for me. Um I hope you're doing okay, right? I hope you're uh ready for the week. Um, what are we about to hit the middle of January? We're already, we're flying through it, dude. Before you know it, it's going to be over. It's going to be February. It's going to be March. And then I'm going to be 30 and then life's over after that. So gear up folks. Um, uh, volcano just erupted in, uh, the middle of the ocean. Um, I was reading that it's actually starting to form its own, uh, island, which is, uh, quite crazy. Where's all that water going? Um, uh, it's going inland, I guess. Uh, excuse me. Oh, 
Yeah, see, maybe maybe I shouldn't be drinking this fucking coffee. God, it looks so weird. I wish I could show you what the hell this looks like. It, it's very weird. I'm not going to drink any more of this shit. Um, but let me... Uh, four minutes of rambling is enough for you. Um, today is not about me. Today is about Mr. James Hollingsworth III. Um, he's a great guy, local stand-up comedian improv artist turned stand-up comedian um you know just another one who is a lot more intelligent than me so i figured i'd have him on we'd uh communicate and see where the conversation goes um he's a great dude he's out there um hosting shows and getting on shows and working and um i've seen since the first time i saw him he's gotten uh his shit is really funny so uh he wanted to come on so i'm not gonna tell him no you know i love bringing random people into my house and accepting them as my own um overall it was good conversation um there's gonna be points where you may not be able to hear caitlin all too well but she comes out and um talks a little bit which is more reason for me to invest in a a bigger audio interface so i can have another microphone um but we'll get there right like i said about the video i don't think i don't know if the video is ever going to come honestly i don't know if i want to do it i might go mark Marin style and just keep it keep it strictly audio i like that this feels like a pirate radio um in the episode you're going to hear a door slam because we have the windows open and the wind shuts the door so um i'm not cutting anything out man uh, i i I like it to sound fucking chaotic and not put together. This is not real radio. You can say fuck as many times as you want to on here. And if it's coming from me, then you already know that is what it is, right? So uh, without further ado, give it up for Mr. James Hollingsworth the third. Welcome. Ah, thank you. How's it going, it's, James? It's going well. Mr. James Hollingsworth. There you do go. You, do you say your middle name, too, when you're uh, on stage? Only if I want to be exceedingly condescending, <laughs> right? Like, my full name is James Lewis Hollingsworth III. It, it sounds like I should own land. That's a very prestigious name. Yeah. It sounds like your family had slaves. Probably. <laughs> Actually, um, my, uh, my mom got really into uh, Ancestry.com. And uh, one of the things we found out was I, I was related to Quakers on my uh, father's side. Um, but they weren't the cool kind of Quakers. They were the kind that moved down south and owned slaves. So that's <laughs> yeah. that's like, it's like, oh, man, we were doing so well. It's like, I don't need to know who the rest of our relatives are. Yeah. Well, apparently we get kicked out of a lot of countries along the way. Like, How far I, back does your family lineage go? Uh, I mean, I imagine... Like, I think they, they figured it out somewhere to the whole Lancaster-York dispute, calling it a dispute, the War of the Roses, somewhere around there. I think we were, we were on Lancaster, and I think they lost. I'm not sure. So I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not too sure about my family. Like, I remember being told all this stuff and then just not paying attention to it. It's like, well, yeah, once they mention slaves, you're like, all right, don't need to know more about the family <laughs> history. <laughs> I did um, mine a few years ago, and I'm like 90% um, all of the countries that you don't 
one alike. Like yeah. The British, the Irish. You're and, naming all my countries uh, right now. You're hurting my feelings. Polish. <laughs> oh, yeah. Fuck the Poles. Yeah. It's so, just... uh, well, we had a long-running joke because my dad didn't know his real dad. Mm-hmm. And my fiance used to say that I look Jewish, like, all the time. So she got me a DNA test, and it turns out I have, like, Asher Kanazi oh, Jew cool. in my DNA. So genetically, I am Jewish, yeah. which is kind of weird. Well, I mean, they've kind of they've kind of gotten around, right? Yeah, because they get they ended up like all through Europe, mm-hmm. and then and then I'm like eight percent Polish, so like most of the Polish people were Jewish. Yeah, I never got why they got so much crap, you know? Because like you get all the Polish people are dumb jokes, I guess. It's European racism is very weird and confusing to me. Like, cause it's just, it's just different ways for white people to hate each other. And it's like, well, yeah. Cause that's all they really have yeah, over there. There's like, don't get me wrong. Like when they go into the reasons, it's like, oh yeah, they killed all your members of this family at this point in history. Yeah. That's pretty, that's pretty good. That's a good reason to get mad. Well, it's like <laughs> everybody that hates Germany because Germany tried to wipe out a massive part of the population. Yeah. So like. Germany gets it probably the worst. They're really sorry about it, though. I mean, <laughs> if you ever see, like, a German person talk about that point in history, it's just like, guys, I'm really... <laughs> see, and that's the difference between Germany and America. Mm-hmm. We still have not paid reparations to the black community, which is, like, mind-boggling that mm. there's still, like, a massive amount of racism that happens in America. I don't mm-hmm. fucking understand it. Yeah. I don't know how you get it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, I'm sorry. I don't know if I can speak for the rest of the country. Um, so I want to get into like your comedy career. Okay, and, like cool. where that started, how it start- started. Like, so how was uh, comedy like introduced to you? Uh, let's see. I think I uh, it started with like improv comedy, like short form improv comedy. Okay. Uh, sometime around, I think when I was 23 or so. Um, and I mostly did that because uh, stand up is kind of terrifying, you know. When Fuck you, yeah, it like is. that, 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 for, like breaking through that first part where it's like the stage fright. Uh, and it's easier to do improv comedy in the sense that um, you're with someone else on stage and you're not looking directly at the audience. So you don't have to talk like directly to the audience, which I think was most of my problem with stand up initially. Was that like you didn't want to be in that position where you had to like no, I just, talk to the I audience? Just, or? No, I just I just felt a lot of stage fright. And it's like if you if you experience the same kind of thing over and over again, it eventually goes away. Mm-hmm. But it's like such a pain in the ass to get rid of that if you have that kind of uh, hesitation towards the uh, the audience. Yeah, for me, for me, I was more so like I dealt with the. Um, so like nobody gives a shit about what I have to say kind of fear like yeah. where like I I went up and like instantly felt comfortable on stage and had like a stage presence but I was like you don't give a fuck about what I'm saying so like I had to get over like my own like mental ego that was like you suck nobody gives yeah. a shit but like fuck you ego cuz I want to do this so yeah, it's weird. Where did you start improv? Did you start? Uh, that was, uh, I think I started doing workshops just around the area. You know, you pay like $5 and some guy will run you through some exercises with a group of people. Um, but uh, there was an improv troupe called Nine and Numb that uh, that still does some things. I, th- I think they're taking a break right now. Um, 
just because it's it's hard to find venues that actually want to listen to improv because the market's a bit flooded. Um, we had a really cool venue, uh, Dreamhouse Theater, while that was open before it got sold to a doctor's office, and they networked with like a church community. So we had to be like clean, but it was it was a pretty good time because it's like you had an audience, and yeah. you really need a big audience if you want improv to go well. So I don't know. It, it was fun. I uh, it helped me with some character acting abilities, and that got me some jobs at like some theme parks. But uh, yeah, you're just not gonna. I, I've made so much more money uh, doing stand up than I have doing improv, which isn't a crazy amount of money. It's not. <laughs> no, no. But <laughs> um, you know what would be funny though is if like the doctors are like, why wouldn't the doctor's office want to keep the improv troupe? Yeah, like, yeah, you could send the improv troupe to the patient. And, like, you could improv a whole, like, I'm the doctor and scare the shit out of the patient. I feel like those patients have been through enough. I don't know if we... <laughs> All right, bend over. Yeah. So, no, that's not the kind of doctor. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, because you worked at um, Hollow Scream, right? In yeah, yeah, yeah. I did uh, I did scare acting at Hollow Scream. I was, like, Igor for the Fiends show. Um, yeah, yeah. And I, I think I did some stuff for Sesame Street. I don't think I know, but it was, <laughs> which character were you? Uh, I was uh, I was friends with Bert and the Count <laughs> is how you have to put it. Um, That's so yeah, funny. Yeah, no, I uh, I don't I, I I worked there for like one season because I couldn't dance, and uh, they kind of need you to be able to dance. Yeah, because like I could imagine like myself in that position, and all I would be able to kind of do is like hop back and forth from yeah. left to right, and like that's all I got. Yeah. They're like, no, we need you to do the worm, okay? Right. <laughs> Bend over, do the windmill. Mm-hmm. No. no, I have no choreographing talent. And it's like they'd show you, and it's like, okay, now you do it. And then when you can't do it, they just become visibly frustrated. Like, it's not like they'll they'll outwardly express it, but you'll feel it in their gaze. <laughs> like, this is my profession. I'm a professional dancer. And, and what are you doing? I'm pretty sure they only hired me because, like, there's this there was this physical improv portion of the class where they asked. Uh, well, basically, one of the things that happens when you get to a character acting gig is um, they'll ask you to do some improv exercises. And theirs was like, "Okay, we need you to do some. Uh, we need you to dig romantically." And I got really weird with that. <laughs> like, I got down on that ground. I acted like I was using a hand shovel at a very precariously low spot in the ground, like around the <laughs> pelvis areas, and I was sweet, whispering sweet nothings to the ground. Everyone was cracking up. I don't know why that made me qualified to work at, like, uh, uh, Bush Garden Sesame Street, but they were like, yeah, sure, he's fun. He has some physical improv skills. Put him in a costume. That's such a, and Hey, but yeah, put him in the kids section, too. Why yeah, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> Rub those puppets the right way. It's <laughs> such a, so like now that you're doing stand, how long have you been doing it now? A uh, little over a year, I'd say. So like uh, I got like late into 2020. Um, I started with like Zoom stand up mostly. Oh God, to, you too. It, it was awful. I but just did an it, interview with Tom Craft last week, and he he said he started the same way. It's so much less pressure though. So like if you like just work through like some of your initial material, it, it helps get rid of the stage fright. Um, but uh, yeah, actually getting on a stage, I don't think I'd ever go back to Zoom. Zoom is awful. You can't. It's, it's, it's yeah. Like, there's no at, way. At that point, you're just doing like a, like a Skype, like mm-hmm. a, I don't know. This is just like a hangout. Like, would would you actually like get up and like hold a microphone? No, and- no, no. I'd sit in front of the the thing, um, and I'd read stuff off my phone. But like, it would be like off the camera, so it looks like I'm actually competent. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> I mean, that kind of gets that like that like part of your brain where you like you can kind of hear shit yeah. out, and then you like know it. So when you actually go stand with a microphone in your hand, you kind of don't have that urge to like let me look at my shit. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to get out of the like. I I don't really uh, reference my notes on stage. I'm pretty good about not doing that anymore. Um, but, uh, there are those times where it's like, you just blank and then you end up going with old material or something. Yeah. I did that last night. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. It's like, I threw, I threw like what, 15 minutes at you that you could use. So it's like, if you're not like prepared to run through your 15 minutes, uh, I get that. Well, it was like when you called me up last night So last night you host a an open mic that's yeah brew florida growler bar first thursday like, i think it's second thursday second thursday but we, we change it up based on uh uh what works for the bar what other uh one month open mics are going on we have a lot of mics thursday i know which is frustrating because like when i when i first secured thursday as an open mic no one was doing thursday People desperately wanted Thursday mics, and then everyone came up with a Thursday mic. Same thing. That Tony came out with his, and then the improvs like weekly. Yeah. So now people are going to be like, "Oh, an actual comedy club! I should go to that open mic." And then the one in uh, Clearwater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they'll they'll give you like a contest. So it's, and then they'll like, give you fifty dollars. Yeah, even, even if you bring the most people. Yeah. If you 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 go on the radio, it's like you got options. It's like, oh man, I can't I can't afford that. We were, we're our mic is still doing pretty well though. Like, it's in a uh, good spot. I like yeah. it. It's a it's a good spot. Um, the the venue's been very supportive with uh, with like advertising for it, which is important. And uh, yeah, you know what? Uh, because it's month, I don't I don't think I can bring it weekly now, just because of how over flooded. Yeah, it's Thursday too saturated. Is. Yeah. Um, but we are going to do uh, showcases there, so that's really cool. That'll help bring in more people yeah. too, because then you'll get people that actually bring a crowd on a show and then they'll like find out that the that place is there if they yeah. ever want to go like hang out somewhere um but yeah you threw the 15 minutes at me and i went up and there was the only like three people on the couch yeah. and i like was going through my set and i was like god i feel bad if i take up all of the time because they were like yeah we can't stay here long i was like shit i should probably end this early just so somebody has a well, glimmer of hope <laughs> yeah, that's that's why I uh, when I'm hosting, uh, I, I knew they were gonna leave, so I I didn't want to like also do 15 minutes. Like I'm like I'm gonna run through five. I'm gonna try to warm up the crowd, and then I'm gonna let the comics actually uh, get some audience in. Um, the uh, the people in the far back, they were they were enjoying themselves. Like you could hear them laugh occasionally. Um, I know the bartender said they were doing all right. Um, it's just like they're wallflowers, so it's like. Give the listeners an understanding. The, the 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 shape of the room is kind of like a U. There's like a half wall between where we're performing the comedy and where the bar is. Um, and everyone wants to sit by the bar because they don't enjoy the intimacy of being at the front of, of a stage. So it's kind of like we have the room where we're doing the open mic where all the comics are sitting. And then we have the room where everyone's drinking. But they're still listening. You could see them through like the little hole in the wall and they're all looking in the direction of the of the stand-up comics but they're not um they don't want to be too close to the stage yeah and then you got the people that like the one lady she was like we've been here since five (laughs) (laughs) so they've been sitting in the same seat they don't want to leave they're probably regulars yeah those are probably like their seat every time they go in there yeah usually we have a much better crowd but uh you know it is like uh i don't know Sun's going down earlier. Sometimes people just feel more tired when that happens. They come out less. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll see how next Thursday goes or uh, 
month next, from now. Next or, month. I'm really hoping for the showcase. Uh, uh, whoa. Do you want to close the window or something? Or That won't happen again. Yeah. That was, uh, yeah, that was uh, our friend, the ghost. No. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all of the windows are open. Since, uh, you know, it's cooler, we only get this for like a week or two in Florida. So mm-hmm. we open all the windows, shut off the AC, maybe only pay $50 a month for the electric you. bill, you know. <laughs> you got to utilize that, especially when you pay your own bills. Yeah. It is confusing because like, you never know when it's actually going to be cold in Florida. So it's like I, I, I could either be too hot when I go outside or I'd be too cold. And I always choose too hot. So, yeah, yeah. it's I mean, I'm even weary about wearing a jacket when I leave in the morning because yeah. like in the morning you're like, oh, shit, it's fucking cold. I don't know how everyone wears hoodies. It's just like it's too much commitment because like you don't have the zipper to like escape the hoodie if it gets too hot in florida you know you have to do the awkward oh, i gotta lift over my shirt if you got a shirt on yeah. under here you oh know, you just you, go straight could, hoodie no I, I definitely have a shirt okay <laughs> but you never know yeah could have the old birthday suit on underneath you never know yeah so you're doing pretty good for like your first year in for my first year in i wasn't like i think I, we're i think i like i'm 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 somewhere in second year right it's like yeah. after first year right as i've definitely but, done more than than a year at this point but you're doing better than what i was doing my second year in i was still trying to figure out like what i wanted to talk about what i mm-hmm. wanted to say i don't think i had any showcases um but then again like i think it was around my second year where i like i w- got to go out to la and open for ian edwards oh and, nice and then yeah and then i like caitlin lived in new york so when we started hooking up i started going out there like pretty early and mm-hmm. started getting on some decent shows so i mean it's all a matter of confidence too i think you doing the the improv stuff mm-hmm. helps with like confidence because you 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 don't have to worry about like you if you have your idea your initial like idea your premise you can and you forget a line mm-hmm. like your brain is trained to like go off the top and figure it out yeah you know what i'd, I'd like to think it's helped but um it feels like two completely different mediums almost like because like imp- like the kind of improv i was doing uh there was very little uh talking straight to the audience and making a joke uh there was some of that but most of it was like i'm playing an absurd character you're playing a character and we're just bouncing off each other and that feels a lot different in that circumstance like i haven't translated all the skill sets from improv to stand up and i feel like stand up has its own kind of vibe to it like uh i think one of the things that a lot of comedians run into when they try to do their comedy in a different medium is that they don't yet understand the medium they're in and it kind of operates in accordance with different rules and uh you have to have different strategies like have you ever seen like a comic and they like they oh i'm gonna do sketch comedy and stuff and they do Mm -hmm. a few sketches and you watch them and they're like oh these are awful i hate (laughs) every moment of this you just put this online like uh but like that'll happen sometimes because it's like yeah they're funny people but they don't understand, like, you know, how to how to film a sketch yeah. or write a sketch yeah, or can, act one out. You can almost see that they're trying, like, way too hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen that before. But, but then you'll, like, see them, like, after they've made 20 and something. And it's like, okay, they understand this a little better. They're a lot uh, more confident. They, uh, they have a better shtick going on. Because it's like some of the things that you can use for a sketch just don't work in a stand-up bit, yeah. right? Because it's got to yeah. be relatable and simple. And then you have to be able – it has to be – there's a difference between exposition, which you might do in stand-up, and and actually showing what it what it plays out as a sketch, you know. Yeah, and then you can also like write bits that you think would be great as a stand-up that would probably do better as like a video, like yeah. a visual re- representation, an act out 
mm-hmm. if you will. And then there's definitely stuff like uh, like conversationally, like, hey, this was really funny when I said it in conversation. Can I bring that to the stage? And it's like it doesn't translate well because there was like a lot of uh, uh, context before that part of the conversation that was really funny, and you don't have time on stand- for a stand-up bit to uh, to do that, you know? Yeah, yeah, those are really hard too because like you can have them, and then if you're smart enough to like figure out how to trim it to mm-hmm. where it can still make sense when you get to the punchline without having too much of a buildup, yeah, then you can do it. But like, so yeah, you're right. Sometimes like those do happen all the time, and then yeah. you go out, and then by the time you're through the buildup, it's like three and a half minutes into your open mic set, and you're like, oh fuck, I don't have any time left and you still haven't quite figured out the punchline yeah people are just looking at you and you're like i wish i would have never said any of this i'm sorry yeah (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i think uh uh yeah the easiest way to trim is just you have to start lying at a certain point because it's like you want to be honest with the audience you know Mm -hmm. they like that authenticity but like when you're telling a story sometimes it's just easier to like okay this logically isn't necessary for my for my punchline, so I'm just going to take that part out, and we're going to speed past it, so that you have the necessary information to make the joke work. Yeah, and because it still feels like a true story, you know, I think it like it doesn't feel like you're lying to the audience, even if it's like a small part of the fact that you had to change or you had to exaggerate it to make it work for the stage. Yeah, and then I mean, it's at the end of the day, you're trying to be funny. It doesn't right. always have to be true. Yeah, you can it, like something. It could be inspired by like true events. Yeah. But it doesn't have to be like exact ways, because if I told you every story exactly as they came into my life, God, it would be so it boring. Would suck. It would yeah. be so <laughs> boring. You would. It would be like driving through a fucking cornfield. It's like, where's the detail? Yeah, we're only seeing the same thing over and over again. Oh wait, there's a billboard about a sex shop. Awesome. Yeah, and then it's another hour of mm-hmm. cornfield. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, uh, yeah, cool. So, um, what was like your introduction to like comedy though? Like, how old are you? I'm um, thirty. Thirty. So we're about the same age. I'm yeah. about to be thirty. Hey, congratulations! March twenty fourth, man. Death is upon you. I, it is. I feel like I'm getting like right over that hump. Bones are starting to crack a little more. You know what? Thirty's weird because it's like I think I like myself a lot better in my thirties than I do like in my twenties. I would agree. Yeah. Like if I if I were to talk to twenty year old me, I think, man, this guy is kind of funny, but he's got a lot more energy than I can handle right now. You know what I mean? Like, I think I was like, like, I was overcompensating for like my faults and like things that I didn't like about myself, and yeah. like I wanted to be so funny that mm-hmm. it was like, dude, you're not that funny. <laughs> Stop smoking as much weed as you smoke, and focus on just accepting who you are. And you'll be fine. Yeah. But that's the thing. You don't really learn that until you, like, grow with age. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, what kind of sort of – did you watch stand-up growing oh, yeah, up? Yeah, or yeah. did I you watched, watch – I watched a lot of stand-up growing up. Um, big fan of uh, John Mulaney. I liked Louis C.K. Um, so here, Jim Norton probably had one of the best performances I've seen live. Like, he's just nonstop when he gets on the stage. Um Bill Burr is always great to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's one of my... I would put Bill Burr in, like, a top five 
Um, I relate to him a lot because I get mad at inanimate objects and shit all the time. And like my fiance thinks I'm a fucking lunatic. And I'm like, hey, if you're marrying me, dude, yeah, you should be on my side. Like you get mad at this inanimate object with me. Don't <laughs> think that I'm crazy. Exactly. Be mad with me. And then she like, and then we'll just start arguing just because I was mad at something that she thought I was, I didn't need to be mad about. Yeah. No, that's, I, I, I also do that in conversations. Like someone will say they're mad at about something and uh, I'll play devil's advocate immediately, which is the worst quality you could have in a friend. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, but that's always fun though in a conversation yeah. too. Cause then you watch your buddies get like over the top mad. Mm -hmm. And then it's like uh, your own show that you're directing. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I'm in control of this show, baby. <laughs> um, so what was it like growing up in, uh, you said you grew up in Newport Ritchie? Yeah, yeah. Was that uh, a fun time? Like, how was... I, you know, I don't really have much to compare it to, because like, <laughs> I was just there. I'm told that it's an uninspired place to live, but uh, I don't know. I thought it was fine. Like, as fine as anywhere else you could grow up. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of fine. Like, I think most of the stuff I end up doing is in Tampa, though. Right. Yeah, I know, because you end up going over the bridge anyways. Yeah. Or going to, like, were you big, like, beach goer? Because Newport uh, Richie's close to the Not really. Beach. Like, the beach is, like, okay, so I love beach volleyball, but you never get to, I never get to actually go to the beach and play beach volleyball, because you have to, like, take people that actually want to play, and it's easier to just find, like, a, a park or a court somewhere around there. But, like, the beach itself is just, it's hot, it's got a bunch of tourists, I've never enjoyed the ocean it's just it's salt water is awful. It burns your eyes. It does. It always gets in your sinuses. It does. Right? Like that first wave that hits you is like, oh, this will be fun. And it's like you'll see people dive under the water and you'll wonder, how are you not suffering immediately? <laughs> your hair gets all hard. Yeah. Fucking, uh, I have this weird thing with the beach because I used to be a really fat kid okay. when I was younger. I know it doesn't look I like I wouldn't it. have guessed Nobody it. Nobody ever does, but I have pictures that prove that i had man boobs i feel like you have the the humbleness of a former fat kid and i still love food like i was <laughs> once a fat kid <laughs> um but when my mom would take us to the beach my mom used to love the beach so we would we would go to the beach but i was so embarrassed about being fat that mm -hmm. i would go in the water with a shirt on yeah and if you've never done that before the salt and the the water makes the shirt stick to you yeah but it moves, mm -hmm. so the salt is like grainy, right? And it makes your nipples chafe. Ooh. And I had the worst experience with that one day where my nipple, it was like, like you could see a red ring around my areola. Which just has more questions around it if anyone sees that, right? Exactly. Like it's, it's like, who's sucking that little kid's nipples? Yeah, we need to, <laughs> we need to put a stop to this crime right away. It's but, yeah, I, like... And then obviously there's fucking apex predators in the water. Like, why are you swimming in the ocean? Yeah. That's always my thing. It's like people are like splashing. It's like that's attracting an apex predator that <laughs> would think you look like a snack. I don't think statistically that that like that comes about though, right? It's like it's, not you're not going to see a shark in like not the shallow all. part of the <laughs> Not at all. The the statistics of actually getting attacked by a shark are really small. Mm -hmm. But not in my head. In my right. head, it's 100%. It's like 100% that that motherfucker is like swimming right next to me and trying to smell every crevice that it could get its nose in. And right. Yeah. I think it's like more likely that you'll step on a clam or something. Or a, or a stingray. You might come across it. Yeah, a stingray. Oh, they got Steve Irwin with that. Dude. You can't underestimate Nobody him. Nobody ever saw that coming. Mm-hmm. 
Dude. Well, how would you? Like, it makes it only makes sense after it happens. Like, oh, right, the stinger. That's a thing. Did you ever see the video? Um, because I think they put the video like on the dark web, like as soon as it happened, but mm-hmm. then they like took it down. Yeah. But we had to have been what, like, in middle school, I think, or high school mm-hmm. when that shit happened. Yeah, I think so. Like, I, one of my earliest memories is Steve Irwin explaining how to like capture an alligator, like. You gotta hold the head down because the jaws aren't evolved to actually open. All the force and muscles are faced at closing. So if you just put your arm over it, they can't do anything <laughs> to you, mate. And it's like that's that's not a great Australian accent, but that's I, I felt like you have to apply it if you're gonna talk like Steve Irwin. You have to. You yeah, have to try. To. It's Throw like it under your head. It's like I can't just be like, uh, well, I'm Steve Irwin. Well, I don't. I don't ever see myself wanting to trap an alligator. Yeah. So, but like, thanks, Steve, for. Creating I, a video. Come on, man. If the alligator goes after your dog, you got to fight that alligator, right? You're not going to fight an alligator for your dog? Do you have a dog? I do. Yeah, she's right there. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> See? Do you get, oh, this is the perfect opportunity. You get to look your dog in the eyes as you tell it, I'm going to let an alligator eat you. I wouldn't. No. No? And have you seen the video of the, like, really butch guy with, like, a cigar in his mouth? And he, like, an alligator, uh, the alligator, like, takes this dude's puppy? And here, give her to me. And um, he, like, jumps in the water and gets his dog out of the gate. This was like an old fat guy, right? Yeah. Like, and yeah, I remember this. he never dropped the cigar. Oh, the man. The cigar stayed in his mouth That's the gangster. whole fucking time. That guy's basically Kingpin, just going after that dog. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he looked like, too. Just like a straight-up, like, mob character. Had a little gold chain. Yeah. Another good video is, like, uh, uh, the guy who, like, punches a kangaroo. <laughs> like over oh yeah because it's like holding his dog and like yeah a chokehold, yeah right? and it's just like hey i don't like you, you you look at kangaroos completely different after it's like how can this creature that you thought was cute and friendly you know just put a dog in a headlock what kind of monster see they're cute though like when they're like two feet tall yeah but then you see a fully grown like male that's like six foot and yeah he's got like shoulders like arnold yeah and it's like like, I hear they, they can, like, disembowel you, like, with their feet. Like, yeah, because they have, like, claws yeah. on their feet. And they, they what they do is they, like, grab each other by the shoulders, and then they, they just kick up. Yeah. Because I don't think they punch. No, no, no. Like, they're, 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 they're represented that way in cartoons for some reason. But it's, it's like, all the muscles are in the legs, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and their tail, too, I think. I mean, they got some right to be mad. I imagine like there's like a lot of people that are constantly trying to like jump into their 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 mommy sack or whatever it's called. Yeah, it looks warm. Yeah, I, I mean, imagine living in Australia. You're on lockdown 24 seven unless you get the COVID vaccine. So yeah. like those kangaroos got to be like, fuck, we got to get out of here. Yeah, you know most of most of Australia, I think, is like it's just on the coast, like where they live, and then it's like it's just like the whole center of that continent is just like desert and terrible animals. And it's run by emus or something. <laughs> yeah, I would never just want to like wander in Australia. No, everything's poisonous. And they have like, um, like hand, well, like basketball player-sized hand spiders Ooh. that are venomous. I'm like, I can't stand the fucking ones that are like a dime size. No, no. But imagine a basketball pl- a basketball player's hand is like double mine, mm-hmm. and a spider. Yeah, at least you can see the big spiders. It's the small ones that just like, hey, you were sleeping and you're poisoned to death now. You know, it's like that's the that yeah, seems more terrifying. In Florida, yeah, Florida, we have the black widows and like brown recluse, and those things are only like a quarter. Mm-hmm. I think they don't get that big. 
Why are you looking at me like that? Do you need help? Give it here. This is what every man loves in their relationship. Mm-hmm. It's what makes you feel like a powerful human. Oh man, he did it so effortlessly. I'm a fucking. I'm a. F- I'm a fucking alpha. Okay, just. Oh shit! Sorry. Can you, can you give me a paper towel? Um, yeah. So alpha. I mean, you've heard my stand up. Yeah. He knows more about you, Caitlin, than you know about you. He's so insightful. I'm very descriptive when it comes to storytelling about our situation. Hey, I wouldn't do it if I didn't have the okay. <laughs> so where do you uh, get like inspiration for comedy? Like, Where does your comedy come from? Uh, it mostly comes from... Uh, like situations I've I've encountered, like usually it'll be like a half truth or something that uh, like uh, online dating's fun. Like it it happens rarely, just because it's like you know it's it's much easier to match if you're on the woman end where like thousands of men are coming at you, whereas if you're the guy, it's like it's like <laughs> she hey, knows. one finally, yeah, yeah, it's very lopsided. She does like yeah, yeah, one to ten. It, that sounds right. Like uh, one of the girls I I. Uh, I, I went on a date with she uh she actually showed me her end of the spectrum and she's just like she's got like 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 150 people liking her she's like yeah I see I just like swipe through it like this 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 and then it's like oh I match with this person I match with this person I match with this person and I'm just like looking at her a little mad at she's the options done, she has she's done the same thing she'll like experiment and like I don't know if you do it anymore do you not rare sometimes but mm-hmm. like she would show me and it's just dudes saying the gayest shit. <laughs> Yeah. Say it, like the worst pickup lines ever. Yeah, I think uh, there's actually like a study I saw where they show uh, the number of partner, like sexual partners that women have and the number of sexual partners men have on this graph. And it shows like there's this small percentage of men that are getting like all the sex. And then it's like, it's like this big, it's this big uh, exponential growth graph. And then it shows women and it's like this line. Just, just going upwards, going up. yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's like it never ends. the 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 top women having sex, it's like yeah, I've had like uh, ten partners or something, and then it's like you know the next one down will be nine, the next one down will be eight or something, uh, and that'll go off on a steady progression. But men, it's like you're either in that top two percent that are having sex all the time with all the women, <laughs> or you're in this bottom percent where you're planning on like car bombing an outlet mall or something because you're so alone. <laughs> it looks like, I bet it looks like the dudes that are doing most of the work are probably like Hercules, like Instagram models that probably look like Jason Momoa. Yeah. Like it's a, it's like an unachievable point that like someone like you or I could get mm-hmm. to. Well, I think there's also like a lot of trying on that end of the spectrum, right? Yeah, like if probably. you, if you have like a talent or a uh, a profession like you have that thing that's like okay this is the thing that's making me attractive and then you're willing to put yourself out there every single conceivable second and chance you get then absolutely you're going to be in that you're probably going to be more in that top percentage of just uh i'm trying to get as much as i can you know have you ever brought a girl to an open mic no (laughs) not an open mic not (laughs) i remember caitlin uh one of the times where she was like down visiting from New York, 
and she would come to the improv and I would hate it so much. Like I would love it cause we would get to see each other, but then I'd be like, wow, she's not going to be into me at all ever from <laughs> hearing how horrible that material was. Do you remember any of the old jokes I used to tell? Probably not. They were so bad. I used to tell this joke about how I wanted to smoke weed so bad, but I didn't have any. So I looked in the cupboard and found a uh, dill weed and decided to smoke that. <laughs> Shortly after, I turned into a pickle. And oh, like, that's, oh, that's it's awful. so bad. I hate it. I hate it so much. I'm rethinking this interview right now <laughs> after I you ha- told me that joke. Applesauce. No, man. No. I only told that like a couple of times. No, I used to tell a, a joke that was like a thing we used to do when you're kids. Like, uh, if you hold, I'm, I'm not an asshole, but if you hold your tongue and say apple, that's what I am. Mm-hmm. Ah. Uh, it's bad. It I, is, yeah. I, I immoralized Mitch Hedberg when I first started. Mm-hmm. So, like, literally. That's wh- the guy with the long hair and the glasses, like the round yeah. glasses. Okay. He, he had the joke that's like, I used to do drugs. I still do, but I used to too. Mm. Like, Hey there, little tree frog, how you doing? Like something like that. <laughs> yeah, he, like, it, like, he did like his Comedy Central special. He at one point he just walks up and starts doing jokes at the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, he was who I was watching so much when I first started that like I didn't like literally smoked weed, so like mm-hmm. I sounded stoned all the time. So that kind of came naturally, and then I was like, oh. He does his jokes like that. I should write my jokes the same way. So, like, all of my jokes were really short and, like, stupid. Um, no segue. Yeah. And I was, like, once I figured out who I was and, like, stopped smoking weed and um, got more into, like, my voice, my perspective, I was, like, oh, that's what my stand-up is. It's not doing somebody else. Yeah. But it is rough, like, because you gotta you gotta find like a voice that's also like appealing to a general audience. Because mm-hmm. like, uh, if people don't get your references, then it's like, oh, this is gonna be a silent night. Then that's that's terrible. People people don't like that. Um, yeah, I mean, it all just like I don't know. I think being yourself and being honest is yeah. like where the your best comedy comes from. Personally, like you have one where. Um, like you have your bit about the therapist that I think is funny, and then you did a joke about um, something with with your dad at the um, the first open mic that okay I think that, I, at the first comedy lab that Tony God hosts. Okay, so I think what that is is um, I do a joke about like a, a good way to hit on women is to compliment their eyes, and I go to one group of women. It's like, see, this is like an easy way to approach women because it's a non-threatening, friendly way to. Uh, to thank them, I go, like, like you, ma'am, you have very expressive and honest eyes. And then usually they'll smile, and I'll be like, see, that's that's not threatening. You just find something special about their eyes, and then you compliment them. And I look at another woman, and I'll usually go, or, or this woman over here, you. All right, so there's nothing special about your eyes. But for most <laughs> people, there's a surefire strategy. Then, like, as an olive branch, I'll say something. If I, look, ma'am, I'm sorry. I just sort of looked over there, and I blanked. That's on me. But I had to give it a try. It's like my father always says, you miss 100% of the shots that you take, you failure. Yeah. Yeah, so that's the... <laughs> that shit made me laugh so hard yeah. when, when I heard you tell it. I was like, oh, man. So is your dad really that kind of a No, a no. Guy? He's, like, super supportive. We, we have a very similar <laughs> sense of humor. Uh, the complete opposite of that joke. Yeah, no, my that's parents so are great. They're just... <laughs> so... 
What is the need for validation then? I, I don't know, man. <laughs> was your was your childhood good? Did you have like, it was like, all right? Like it was, you know, uh, let's see here. I've well, got I like some to, trauma. I'd like to see <laughs> where it comes from, okay? Yeah. Most you got to have, a, like, a reason you want to make people laugh. Like me, my dad was never around, okay? Yeah. I need that. I need people to laugh so they don't have to think about their dad not being around. Like, I, I've, I've always been into comedy. I've always been interested in telling jokes. Um, but I wouldn't necessarily say it was because it's like, oh, my parents were abusive. No, my parents were great. Uh, I mean, some people yeah. are good. Yeah, yeah, every, yeah, everyone's probably more normal than like fucked up. You just hear about the fucked up ones. Yeah, well, most. I think it's uh, uh, people will talk about laughing as a coping mechanism, mm-hmm. and there's some sense to that because like uh, when you laugh, you'll release endorphins, and endorphins are designed for like pain relief. So, so we should just all just start laughing for no reason when you feel like shit. That you, you can do that. It it feels a little forced, but like, yeah, technically, if you can if you can make yourself do a hearty laugh, I mean, you could release a little bit of endorphins. See, uh, I'm like I'm like too smart that like my conscious well, consciousness will be like, you asshole, we're not doing this for fake. Yeah, you don't get any brownie points just for going ha ha. Yeah, I think it also works <laughs> with smiling or something. It's supposed to be the thing. Like, if you just smile, you can feel better. And it's like, yeah, a little, but fuck you. I want to solve my actual problem. I smile so much, even when I'm at work and, like, I have to wear a mask. Mm-hmm. And, like, if somebody's having a bad day, I'm like, oh, that sucks. And I just, like, smile in hopes that they'll have, like, a natural reaction to, like, somebody telling me how bad they are just so I can make them feel better. And I'm like, oh, shit, I'm wearing a mask. They just see yeah. eyes staring at them. No smiling face, and then I'm like, all right, well, have a good. Yeah, I don't day. think it. I don't think long term it's effective. Like, I mean, they say it's like, yeah, you can release these chemicals by doing that thing, but I don't think like uh, I. I think there's also like, like some research to suggest that like, yeah, if you just bottle up your feelings, that's probably bad too. I say there's some research, but I have no idea. <laughs> I just wanted to. It's just like, eh, maybe, probably. I mean, I'm sure right. the research is yeah. out there. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty. I'm confident enough to just blanketly say, look, it's not like I'm going on Joe Rogan here, <laughs> and like a bunch of people are gonna be like, oh, this guy's really smart. We're gonna believe him. And it's like, no. Hey, we not. tell <laughs> the truth on this podcast. Exactly. We're truth bringers, <laughs> and. Truthbringer l- sounds like the most deceptive name. <laughs> it's like, like uh, it's like the Catholics, like the cat. If the Catholics were walking around going, "We're the Truthbringers," it's like, eh, are <laughs> you? How many kids you got back there? How about tell us the real truth? <laughs> kids that we had or kids that we own now? So, <laughs> nah. uh, I was raised Catholic, so I can tell that joke. I don't know if he can. I'm. He's kind of suspect. I'm right? Methodist. Okay. I was yeah, raised. That, that's Methodist. a typical Methodist joke. <laughs> If I've ever heard one. <laughs> I never knew, understood, like, the difference in, like, the classes of, of Christianity. Oh. It's like there's, like, Methodist, Baptist, uh, the one that starts with the E, Evangelist. Yeah. Uh, Catholicism. No, they, they, I think they were more important when those groups were, like, murdering each other. But then it's, like, at a certain point, it's just sort of like, hey, we're all Christian and we really got to do something about these gays. So, <laughs> but it's like, no, it's like when it was like first Reformation in Europe where like Martin Luther puts his little uh, his little criticisms on the wall and a bunch of people are like, hey, yeah, a lot of this stuff is bullshit. 
and we should we should do something about it. Fuck the Pope. He almost died, right? Didn't he? Almost, oh, like, oh, yeah. Like a bunch of people died. Like there were like so many religious wars. And, that wasn't like, the Black Crusades, right? That was no, like no, no, part no. That's of not it. Crusades. The the Reformation's its own thing. Okay. The Crusades was like against Muslims to recapture the Holy Land. God. Uh, uh, Reformation was uh, Protestantism and countries becoming either Protestant or uh, or or remaining Catholic. Um, and that's a big deal because for a long time, uh, everyone was Catholic. And if you weren't, uh, you died. Uh, <laughs> you just you got tortured in some messed up way. It's not funny, but uh, I just th- I think it's crazy that they can still call a place the Holy Land when so many people have fucking died on it. Yeah, yeah. That's... Like, doesn't that like defeat the purpose of it being holy? Don't don't overthink it. Just uh. <laughs> I can't help it. I'm a comic. That's yeah, what we do. Like, <laughs> I don't want to accept things for how they are. I mean, I feel like if you go through like any religious group's uh, background, it's like, hey, you guys murdered a bunch of people. You know, it's like but even, all... even the Buddhists, uh, they have a like in some areas, they have like some pretty messed up things going on. Like it reinforced a caste system uh, in some areas. I, I think there's like actually a Buddhist dictator somewhere around southern China, like not in China, but like that area, southern Asia. Well, if it's in China, that would make sense. Yeah, well, I think they, they, they their relationship with religion is weird, especially Buddhism. Like, I think at one point they claimed that the that the next Dalai Lama was going to be reincarnated in China. Like they just that's a law they passed. They just like so so when the Dalai Lama now passes away, it has to be somebody uh, according to Chinese China. law. Yeah, that's the. <laughs> that's so crazy that you could just choose somebody to be the most holy person yeah well you 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 can if you control the media and you disappear people who disagree with you that's that's, that's a thing you can do but it's also like i mean we choose presidents like at what point when you like when you have that written down that you're gonna choose someone it's like right there i'm like all right well i'm not gonna trust anybody that's chosen because they know that they're they're gonna be chosen in a sense or like they know somebody's gonna be chosen so now they're gonna play the part of somebody that wants to be chosen so it's like a gimmick it's like you're just a gimmick can you clarify that for me for a moment so like it's like like I, I think i know what you're getting at but i want to make sure like i know what your 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 thought train is on this so like we have a president right yeah there are people under the president mm-hmm. that want to be the president so like they're already playing the part to be president so it's like they're like a gimmick yeah 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 they like, they, they want to appear presidential for yeah. future presidential runs yeah yeah and I'm like, from my perspective, I know how I really think when I'm, mm-hmm. when I'm out and about. And like, when you look at a president, you're like, oh, I wonder if he has thoughts of jerking off in the bathroom too, or like. You just want him to be relatable. Yes, like, exactly. Well, we got that president. Uh, he was he was called Donald Trump. Uh, he <sighs> said he? a lot of things on his mind. Uh, <laughs> Almost too not much. Sure. I'm not sure. He's like, yeah, he was a he was a full id president. Uh, <laughs> but the one thing he did that was like was like he destroyed people from ever like wanting to come together like yeah. he destroyed that like there's nobody on each side that's like yeah we can hash this out now mm-hmm. or any sane person at least um all of the insane are like fuck you like we're going to war over ideas and blue and red and like he just he made that happen yeah. i think before him like there was at least like like people weren't happy that obama was in office mm-hmm. but we were all like he seems like he's... Uh, I think there's been, like, a steady 
decline of uh, being able to like relate to the other side. And I think that's one of the consequences of a two-party system is that it's very, like our minds are just designed for us versus them thinking. Mm -hmm. So it's like when you're constantly engaged in like, hey, it's the left that does this or the right that does that, uh, it just sort of declines. Like I, I remember after uh, like uh, George W. Bush, uh, that was that was some pretty heated hatred, like that the country had towards the other side. You know, it's like because you have like all oh, these these terrorist loving liberals and mm-hmm. uh, uh, oh yeah, George Bush is a Nazi and stuff. It's like he's only kind of. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's like not all of his blood. Yeah, <laughs> it's. Um, yeah, I mean, I also don't pay attention enough, so I just go off of what I think no, and, I like, it. headlines that I read. Yeah. And then I'm just like, eh. No, but you're, I, I would agree that, like, it's it's definitely ramped up towards, like, uh, towards the Trump era because it's just, like, he's he's he, he is designed to be divisive. Like, that's that's how he was running. He was his, – his way of communicating in the media was very much akin to how other reality TV stars get attention for their stuff. You know, like if you do something controversial mm-hmm. or you say something uh, that's shocking, you'll get all the headlines, you'll get all the attention, and then people will just buy more of your stuff. It's a weird thing, but apparently it works for politics too. Yeah, it's a, uh, that uh, there's no such thing as bad publicity yeah. kind of idea. I mean, the dude came from reality TV, so yeah. he, he knew how to make himself, to put himself in everybody's mouth. Like, rhetorically, I think he knew what he was doing, um, but I don't think he was, like, all that ideological a president. Like, yeah, he took positions, and yeah, he, like, uh, stuck you to a lot of things that were, like, I, I don't agree with, but, like, what am I saying here? Uh, but, like, yeah, I think, like, because he could just focus on the superficial uh, and... Uh, you know appearances like that was that was super useful to him because that's most most of i think politics at that level is is just appearances mm-hmm. um and he just went in the complete opposite direction of that like because he's saying things that are shocking and rude and upsetting obviously there's some truth here and it's like that's not true that's just, <laughs> he's just lying at you differently yeah it's like i like to him i think it was a game mm-hmm. like he was playing his game and he did the best at his game yeah in his head which is like sort of crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a, it's yeah. Uh but here we are talking about him and yeah. he, like dude that hasn't been in office for what? 2 years? Yeah. And I you know, I thought when he initially got in it's like, "Oh, this will be a golden age of comedy." And then it wasn't. It was like he was like I I I like political comedy before Trump just because it's like Trump it's like now you have like all the comics doing like the same Trump impression or something. And it's just because he's, like, the most outrageous thing out there. You don't get to laugh at the other politicians out there who have different personalities and quirks and stuff. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, I haven't... I have the one joke in my COVID bit about Joe Biden, but it's like... I don't know if you can... Like, I still... I I bet there's a liberal that would hear that and be, like, mad. Yeah. Because I do that joke about smelling everything like Joe Biden. Because it's, like, so divisive, um, like, at this point, it's like... You can't tell jokes about politics as well because it's like the moment you say like you take a position on something, everyone gets like more guarded. Yeah. You know? Like you can you can have those audiences for like I was telling a joke about trucks and I think I walked a couple. In yeah, the you were te- you were telling me that uh, yesterday. It's like that's like that that used to be such a safe joke for me. You know, it's just <laughs> like yeah, trucks they they're silly. You know, it's like it was, 
I'll, I'll, for the listeners, I'll, I'll, I'll just go through the joke real quickly. It's like, uh, I remember when trucks used to haul things other than a person's entire political identity. <laughs> you know, now that anytime I see a truck, it's like it's got a bunch of InfoWar bumper stickers on it or like two huge Confederate flags. If I get it, you pretty much have to do that if you're going to like drive a truck. Because like if you put two flags on a Mini Cooper, the moment you hit the highway, you're going to like spin out of control from all the wind <laughs> resistance. You're going to hurt a whole bunch of people. You just go something like that. And it's like, uh, it's just like, oh, he's attacking me from my truck. What's going on? Who did you do? Yeah, that, uh, <laughs> that couple you walked definitely drove home with a back of the blue flag yeah. with a Trump 2024 flag. With the balls hanging from the yeah. trailer hitch. I think my favorite is like the Punisher skull because it's like, yeah, this will show people I'm the good guy. You know, like I got a, a big Punisher skull. Like anytime you can represent your, your ideals with a skull, you know, you know you're in the right camp, right? No. Like it's, And they usually have the Punisher skull with like the American flag print. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. As, like as the, the skull. Like goes down. Yeah. yeah. God. Can Sometimes y'all... they have it with like a Trump hairdo thing. That's so weird. I like yeah. I've talked to Caitlin about it so many times. I, I like I just don't understand the like polarization of like political characters. Mm-hmm. Like I've never seen like even with Obama. Like Obama had t-shirts and shit made. I mean rappers made songs about him because he was the first black president. Not because they stood for his policies, yeah. but because he became the first black president. And I get that. That's cool. That mm-hmm. was a thing of history. But then Trump happened, and now it's, like, this massive, like, I don't understand the following. Like, mm-hmm. I don't under the, understand the psychology. Uh, to me, it's absolutely fucking crazy that you would get behind somebody that m- much and mm-hmm. be like, this is my man. It's like, I don't know. It's weird. And then you got women that are like, like gra- he can grab my pussy. Like, they're like. That was a weird take. Yeah. But like, <laughs> I forget the shirt that I've seen. It's, like, women for Trump. Like he can grab my something, yeah, I, something I, I get weird. What you're saying. It's just weird to me. Yeah, I uh, yeah. Some people just like uh, they 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 pick a side and then uh, that's where they're at. You know, it's uh, like it's like, are you sure you you can't you can't like you can just admit he's wrong at this point, right? Like, like there were things I didn't like about Obama. Certainly, it's not like I I voted for him, but that was more because like, hey. You're drone bombing a lot of places. Yeah, and I kind of felt like you came in here as a as a you know civil liberties kind of. You had a lot of that rhetoric before the presidency. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and he's on an island and his drones are destroying towns. Yeah, it's well weddings and hospitals and like innocent. I feel like kids. after after the first hospital, it's got to be it's it's no longer a mistake, right? It's after the first wedding, like, like <laughs> this is kind of. Yeah, part for the course. It's uh like at that point it's like are you playing Call of Duty? Yeah. <laughs> like like don't get me wrong, it's like what well, he was running against McCain, so it's not like I expect things to have been better under McCain. Yeah, I don't so I don't think so either. I I think the best thing about McCain was like it's like I don't believe in torture. I don't know if that's a McCain accent, but that's that's what I went with. <laughs> that's, that's what he looks that, like. That's, that's, that's how he looked. Yeah. And it's like I think the only reason he didn't like torture was because he was tortured, you know? And that's a that's a weird thing. Like you'll come across Republicans every once in a while that'll be like uh, like politicians, anyways. Uh, that'll be like, well, I actually support this because this happened to me. Like Dick Cheney became very much okay with gay people after his daughter came out as gay. It's like you know, I see this in a whole new light now that it's actually <laughs> close to home. And it... yeah, and it's I, I, dude, I just don't know. Like, mm-hmm. like that's the beauty about being a comic, right? Because like we're so good 
or at least we try to be, uh, at observing, like yeah. sitting in the middle and just looking for facts. Yeah. Or absurdities. Mm-hmm. Like whatever of the the whole picture we try to see instead of like paying attention to like media and it's like all, all one-sided or. Yeah. No, yeah. It's a, uh, I think especially in like when you get into ideological stuff, it's like, yeah, it's fun to make observations, but you got to remember like you have to, you're, you're trying to tell a joke at the end of it. Like sometimes people will, uh, you'll see some comics where it's like, they're just going after Clapter. Like they just want the applause break. Like, oh, we all agree with this position. And it's like, oh yes, we are. We do. We do. It's like, no, I, <laughs> Give us a punchline, you asshole. <laughs> yeah, say something funny. Yeah. Don't try and win a side here. Right. Like, I, I've taken, like, sides on politics that I don't believe in just because it worked for a joke. Like, not in stand-up, but, like, in improv. It's just like, yeah, this is this is my position now because that's what, that'll, that's what will be funniest in this moment. Yeah, but that's the beauty about making comedy. It's like, nothing has to be true. I think Bill Burr is actually my favorite when he talks about politics just because it's like he takes a very... He's very angry and animated about it, but he's also somewhat uncertain about what he's saying. Like, he'll say, like, oh, no, I could be wrong about this. But and because he says that, you'll get to explore this side of the idea. And then, like, he'll give, like, he'll usually have some other character, like maybe his wife or something, mm-hmm. who will give the, the pushback on that position. And you'll, you'll sort of see, like, a full fleshed out idea sort of come out. And there'll be a lot of comedy on both sides about it. My favorite sitcom that did that was, like... Uh, the Carmichael Show. Have you ever seen The Carmichael Show? I never watched his his sitcom, but I know who he is. Yeah, super dark comedian, uh, like in tone. Yeah, I was, I was gonna say. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he, <laughs> like he makes a lot of dark jokes. Yeah, I love his bit about the chicken, the chicken sandwich. Oh yeah, have you seen that? I don't think I have. It's Let's... older. I think he did it at um, the Laugh Factory, but he talks about how. Uh, there's a war going on outside okay. for chicken sandwiches, and it's uh, it's funny. You got I I won't do it justice, so I'm not gonna right, say right, that's it. I'm not gonna re say his joke. But it's it, like it's Gerard funny. Carmichael chicken sandwich. Yeah. I'll put it in the back of my head. And yeah, watch I think it later. it's got like a ton of views on YouTube. Yeah. But his um, his sitcom was amazing. I think it went three seasons. Uh, basically every every episode was like there was a controversial topic, and the whole family would get into an argument about that topic, like. Hey, can we all go see the uh, the what was his name? He was a famous comedian. Uh, he drugged all those women. Bill Cosby. <laughs> He's like, yeah, Bill Cosby's doing a show. Can we go see? It? It's like, no, you can't go see. And they just have a whole argument about that uh, for the rest of the uh, the episode. And it's like you'll have like the 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 religiously conservative mom chime in. You'll have like the the working. Uh, the blue collar dad and then you'll have like this super liberal wife of his and then he'll be like this realist and they'll just have this argument and there'll be silly arguments they'll give good and bad arguments but it because he's like willing to give um a bunch of different perspectives without immediately like restraining themselves you know like mm-hmm. like when you'll see some people talk about ideas that aren't their own ideas they immediately get restrictive about it and can't talk about it or they'll shut down the conversation no they just explored all that stuff and it was always hilarious and really messed up. What uh, what never was it on ABC? I forget. I think it was like maybe NBC. I have no idea. I think it's on Hulu now. Maybe I'll, um, I'll have to watch it. I often wonder what Roseanne would have been like if they didn't fire her. Oh yeah, <laughs> if they would have been that open to her ideas. Yeah. Well, I think uh, I think uh, Joe Rogan has the best defense over Roseanne's. Like she got hit by a lot of cars, guys. Like. Yeah, that's she true. has so much head trauma. It's like, yeah, okay, maybe we should cut her a break. Yeah, I mean, she hasn't 
At least she hasn't killed anybody yet. Yeah. Like you got football players that have massive amounts of CTE that are actually murdering people and like beating their girlfriends. Yeah. So that's, like, that was, that was like my whole Antonio Brown joke last night. I uh, was <laughs> like, yeah, we shouldn't be judging him for getting mad, taking off his shirt and leaving work. We should be judging him by, you know, getting mad, taking off his shirt and then not beating up his girlfriend. That's, that's uh, true. Yeah. It's like, he's a saint among football players. It's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's looking real good. Actually compare him to Aaron Hernandez. What did he do again? Was that the drive-by? Or that, was that... Yeah, that was the guy who, who was um, – he went to University of Florida okay. and ended up on the Patriots. And, like – I already don't like him. Was, like – I'm kidding. I'm not I think he, football. <laughs> um, I don't even know if he was, like, that good. I wasn't a Patriots fan. Mm-hmm. I've unfortunately been a Bucks fan since I was a kid. Unfortunately. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> but I think he killed somebody, like, when he was in college mm-hmm. and then, like, later on there's a whole documentary about it okay. on, on netflix and like his girlfriend tried to like cover up for him and shit well that's sweet and then he got arrested and then killed himself in prison Ooh, which okay. is never a good sign no, like no. you're arrested you're waiting trial and then you kill yourself that that's what the documentary said they think like that he was like hooking up there were guys that claimed that they had like hooked up and shit mm-hmm. so yeah. you think he had like repressed anger for being gay and not coming out about it but I it, think it's more the head trauma. But yeah, he was like, also, he, it was proven. If you want to make someone violent, you just have to hit them in the head enough times. Yeah, I mean, he's he had like massive amounts of CTE. I think he, they said he had so much CTE that it was like, I don't know, a yeah. massive amount. That's a good yes, description. That, that, you know what? As a comic, <laughs> that's how you want to make all your descriptions. <laughs> this guy had so much CTE, it was a lie. <laughs> That's uh, that's the that's the Devon approach to comedy. That's a massive amount is a great description about ever, anything. I, I recently saw that that video of uh, Tom Brady kissing his son. Have you On seen that? Mouth? That's she's seen it. She knows what I'm talking about. His, his son's like 11, right? Or yeah, something? yeah, yeah. He kissed his son. Too old. It's so long. It's it's too it's old. So it's it goes on so much longer. You know, you see the first one, and like I remember being shown the video, and I he shows me the first one, and it's like. It's a little peck, and I'm like, oh, well, that's not a problem. Yeah, it's a little weird to kiss your parent on the mouth, but that's not that's not beyond the pale of normal. And it's, it, yeah, sure, it's a little weird that there's this male masseuse over him as his son kisses him. That's weird. <laughs> but then it's like Tom Brady's like, hey, wait a second, come back here, give me a real kiss. Yeah, that's uh, not a good. And look. then it's like longer. Yeah, you can hear that it feels wet on the camera. The boy wipes his mouth afterwards. It's upsetting. I have a best friend that I won't say his name. Say his name. If, if he listens, he'll know. But, no one listens to your show. Uh, say his name. I know. There's like 10 of them. <laughs> 10 solid listeners. So my buddy, Brian. Okay. Um, I grew up with him. Last name. No. <laughs> Give Social us his Security. address. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's got a solid credit score. Um, yeah. he. We all used to smoke weed together. And then... Um, we got to the age where we found out like his mom smoked weed too. Mm -hmm. So we would all like smoke weed. This was like when we were over 18, obviously. Um, And it was, I mean, I don't remember if we were like 20, but there was one day where we were all, we had just gotten done smoking. So we're high. Have you ever Mm -hmm. smoked weed? Uh, Yeah. So, you know, it, it like when you're around a bunch of people, it get, it, for me, it feels awkward. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how to act so much. So we're all, like, walking out of the garage, and we're about to leave, go do something. And Brian's mom says, um, oh, you're not going to say bye to me? And he, like, walks back. 
and he goes she like goes in for a kiss and he like gives her his cheek and she was like no mm. no that's not how we do it and he looks at us like <laughs> like like oh man and then turns back around and like kisses his mom on the lips dude was like this was like when we were 20 oh okay and we were all like oh that's just so weird to not see on Pornhub, right? Like, <laughs> the... It's like, oh, that's the real thing. <laughs> I don't even think my mom and I even like kiss on the cheeks anymore. Mm. Maybe that's just because you're a bad son. Probably. You ever yeah. think like maybe you're? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Obviously, I mean, I mouth kiss my mom all the time. Yeah, yeah it's just what, uh, stop making me feel bad. I'll ask I, her to I, make I, out this I, weekend. Oh, there you go. You know, <laughs> guys, your mothers deserve foreplay. I don't know why I'm going down <laughs> this path while being recorded. That's guys. All moms need foreplay. That's what James is saying. That's right. That's specifically from their son. Yeah. Oh man, I'm. I feel like you ever the... tell a joke and you're just upset afterwards. <laughs> you're just always, almost always. <laughs> Uh, I feel like the internet has like really ruined, um, like sexualization. Okay. Right. Cause How like, so? like cause too, too much too. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Like it's oversaturated. Mm-hmm. Like I remember getting a computer from my dad, um, and like it, it having viruses. I don't know if he, he put the viruses on there, but like it had a massive amount of like pop-up porn Mm -hmm. and like i remember seeing porn at such a young age that i've just like it's like almost like it's not special anymore yeah yeah i can see that right like you remember the first time you saw porn and you're like oh this is awesome and now 20 years later you're like i'm disgusted well it used to be something you had to sneak out for right like oh man it's like 3 a.m and and no one's in the living room. And I gotta turn on the cable TV and gotta change the one porn channel. And it's like, oh, this is when they play uh, weird porn on Cinemax, you know? Where it's like, you gotta say, like, when it comes to the porn on Cinemax, like, it was always like the most cartoonishly operated on women. Way like, more with, creative. Like, yeah, I wouldn't say creative. It was creative. What? It was all porn parodies. It was like what I imagine 10 year olds thought sex was like. <laughs> You know, where it's like, oh, these girls are, they, they're in loving each other. And you know it because they're rubbing their boobs together. And there'd just be like these awkward moments where it's like, oh, it's very staged. I don't know. I it's- remember seeing one one parody on like a Skinamax where it was like a, uh, it was like a Xena, the um, warrior. Yeah, chick. warrior princess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like they did like a porn parody of mm-hmm. that. And I just remember it being so like when she finds the man and saves him and like they start fucking like no one takes off their top armor yeah like the guy's just got his top armor on and like you can see him like half thrusting it's like it's not a legit thrust you know it's not real but then you see a titty and you're like ah i'm 11 yeah this is awesome super awesome (laughs) at 11 that's ah the internet it's doing great things do you think you're we're gonna end up in the internet end up on the internet like in it like in it like like I, living in the internet oh the whole metaverse yeah thing. no way have you tried it uh closest i've tried to it was like tabletop simulator during the uh pandemic basically it's like yeah it's like there's a there's a tabletop game but you you have to click and move things around and there's a gravity to it and you know you can still move the pieces like you were like you were there but because you have to do everything with this with buttons and keyboards it's like you're just completely uncoordinated. You have to relearn how to walk 
is what it feels like. And so, like, if you're playing a complicated game, it just became a whole lot more complicated. So, yeah. no, I'm not a big fan of it. It's like, I mean, I feel... Hey! Hey! Oh, ruin no. the podcast. No heckling. Put the dog down. Me. That's how it... Hey! Barking. I think she's barking at you. Me? No, her. Her. Okay. She likes. She's probably like half blind. Um. I don't oh, know. How old is the dog? She's gonna be four in February. That is too soon to be getting half blind. <laughs> yeah, it's the Shih Tzu breed is so such a great dog, but like their gene pool is not the healthiest. Yeah. Like. She already has uh, back problems, and she's four. I like to imagine that a lot of dogs are indistinguishable from, like, hillbillies if they could talk, right? <laughs> just because they're I, that or, like, they're British aristocrats or something. <laughs> that would be really great to be able to understand, like, dogs. Mm-hmm. And, like, we're, we're, like, humans have a way of, like, personalizing everything that, mm-hmm. like, we just, our egos are like, yeah, they sound like us when they talk. <laughs> And it could just be a totally, like, random-ass language that they're saying in their head. But it's great to think that, like, she's Taiwanese, that that's a, a, yeah. <laughs> an old Asian woman in that dog. <laughs> Ain't that right? She wants to give me a massive massage. That's your that's your impersonation of Taiwanese women. Just... I'm not, I'm not going to do the voice. Okay. I don't want to get canceled that on my own racist, show. <laughs> but but the, everything leading up to it was fine. They're Taiwanese, dude. Are they Tibetanese? Have you ever seen the Tibet uh, Tibetanese ma- um, Mastiff? I have not. Dude, that's like a bear of a dog. It's like a lion. Oh, okay. I think it's like I, the wait, biggest dog. Have, actually, what's uh? Is that what it's called? The Tibetanese Mastiff. Okay. I think it's what it's called. Mm. They look like if you were ever to have a guard dog. That's, I'm thinking Chow. They look like that, but bigger. Okay. But like, I have a friend who has a Chow. It's a really sweet dog. He needs to wash it. <laughs> That's the only downside. Uh, you know what's like weird with chows is that they say that they're that that's the most aggressive breed really? of a dog. Yeah, I think it's like proven that that's the most aggressive breed. Mm-hmm. I've never run You've into never a tested chow. it. You've never like no. picked fights with various dog species uh, breeds and. Uh... No, the only one I've ever picked a fight with was a English Mastiff. Okay, how'd that go? I ended up with like eight stitches. Oh. On my forehead and eye, there's well, a scar there. Well, now I need to know the story. What was the... So, my, I was, this was when my mom and dad divorced. So, we moved in with my grandmother in Fort Myers. Mm-hmm. And my uncle was living with her at the time, too. And he had an English Mastiff. Mm-hmm. Um, she, from what I remember, um, she and I were like, the best of buds we were always like hang out and lay around together and like mm-hmm. one day my uncle gave her uh, a big bone and oh. and i was like oh hey fetch is a thing oh no while the dog already had the bone nope. in its mouth like yeah. laying down and i went to like grab it and she did not like that she and snapped immediately immediately dude oh. i remember it being a flash and I remember being in such a shock that I didn't cry. I just turned around to look at my mom on the couch and like blood was just oh, down my that's face. That's awful. What happened to the dog? Like they, they kept her. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, she's a part of the family. And I was the asshole. So yeah. like 
Like, well, we don't like your son as much as we like the dog. It's a good dog. It's, uh... <laughs> but no, I mean, it, she was cool after that. Like... I, had a, I had a small dog that was like sweetest thing in the world. Uh, loved to run around. We gave her a ham bone once, and all that changed. She was just ferocious from then on. We couldn't. We dropped the ham bone in the kitchen, and that was a mistake because people need to get through the kitchen. But now anytime someone approached her, like, the hair on her back would, like, immediately stand up. Her fangs would come right out. What's she the, was ready to kill anything. What was the breed? It was, like, half Chinese Christian, half uh, Basenji. I don't even know it what looked that like, looks like. It looked like a Chihuahua. <laughs> well, oh, I think I know, and their ears kind of, like, stand up. Yeah, it was, I, like, a small-looking Basenji. I think I know what, what it they like, yeah. They're not hairless all the way, no, right? No, no, she had hair. Short hair? Yeah, it was, she was a short-haired dog. She had a curly tail uh, and a head that was similar to a chihuahua. It's always funny seeing the little dogs. The little dogs are always the most, like, assholes. Yeah. Like, they're the most aggressive for no reason at all. I think it's like a survival thing, instinct. Like, if, like, they're not banking on whether they're going to win the fight. They're banking on whether or not you want to be wounded while killing them. <laughs> That's true. Like, at least if they get a couple bites in, yeah. their job is done. Like, I'm ready to fight you. Dude, I don't know if you're ready to be inconvenienced for a week, but I'm willing to die for that inconvenience. My mom has a Jack Russell Terrier, yeah. and they claim she's crazy, so now she's on a bunch of meds, but she's attacked my mom to the point where, like, my mom has a had a hole in her hand. Oh, yikes. And they were like, we can't get rid of her. It's her right? only friend. <laughs> like, we'll just give her psychological medicine the like, dog they give the dog antidepressants <laughs> it's, it's absolute the craziest thing i've ever heard but the dog's crazy and now it's like normal because it's on pills so are they just both going crazy together is that how this is working probably like, yeah everyone should be on pills i don't think they should just like, give <laughs> crazy dogs to like women in deteriorating mental states right like yeah, I don't. I don't know if a dog. If I had a dog and it attacked me, to the point where like there's a hole in you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you gotta go. Bro. Yeah. Like I'm sorry, but the thing is, like I I get her logic because like she's already aggressive. If you give it away, there. If it's not going to like somebody who's really gonna care mm -hmm. and try and fix that problem, they're gonna kill it because yeah. they know it's already drawn blood and shit. Mm -hmm. So and once they taste blood, there's no. Yeah, it's like a shark. Yeah, yeah they're going to keep going. <laughs> they're, they're, the, the killing will never end. They have no other way to go. I mean, he knows he can just bite this old woman. He's going after the rest. That's the thing, too. Do you think they, they, the dog has to know that it has an advantage over old people? Like, my parents are in their 50s. Yeah. They're not old. But, like, the dog has to know, like, these old fucks aren't going to... They can't do anything about me. So yeah. I overpower them easily. Yeah, I mean, they learn. I mean, it's not like uh, they're going to, like, just be like, ah, oh, I can do this to anyone. No, they, they, they can tell the difference between older people and, and, like, kids. You'll know it's like a dog will put up with a lot more shit from, like, a child. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. I'm more likely to shove a child than I would ever shove a dog. <laughs> Cujo? The, the movie? or Okay. <laughs> I so, don't know what's wrong with me that I still think that's cute. St. Bernard? Like, Dude, I loved St. Bernard's. I watched Beethoven when I was a kid. I fucking loved that movie. 
Hujo. I mean, if you look at the teeth, you're like, oh shit, that's a fucking killer. But if you look at its eyes, you're like, who that, got stoned and photoshopped yeah. human eyes into that, into that dog? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that dog could close its mouth with those fangs. That's like some uh, saber-toothed tiger situation going on in that... that uh, it's such a bad poster. movie, too. Yeah. Have you ever seen it? I don't think I have. It's not... Is that the one where they bury the... No, I'm thinking Pet Cemetery. Pet Cemetery. Okay. But even that movie, that movie's not yeah, scary. It's, King, it? it's uh, Yeah, it's all, those are both Stephen King, but like... Cujo, it's like, like a cutscene of like, like. So the end scene. Spoiler alert. Sorry if you haven't seen Cujo in fucking thirty years. I'm sorry. Literally, I haven't seen Cujo, <laughs> but okay. I wasn't uh, gonna watch it. I don't even want to watch it now. You've you've taken all the fire out of my desire to see it. So the end scene. It's like, the, somehow this dog has terrorized this family to the point where they try to leave their house. They try to leave, but the car doesn't start. Right. Okay. It's already uh, your... Uh, he's, he's cut the, the brakes or something. <laughs> he's cut the battery line, the Cujo. Yeah. Um, so they're stuck in this car, and the dog is just kind of like circling the car over time. As dogs do. Yeah, and they, they have to like stay in the car. Mm-hmm. And like there's a part where like it just cut scenes to like where Cujo's like attacking the kid. Mm-hmm. And it's like you can tell that's not a real kid or a real dog on the kid. It's just it came out in the eighties, so like all mm. of the effects don't look good. It's like paper mache and animatronics. <laughs> the books I mean Stephen King's books are always like really good. Like was he Lord of the Flies No, Lord of the Flies was like something else, someone else. No, that was like um what's his face? I, I don't think they all kill each other. I think, like, I think two of them die. I think it's, like, Simon and Piggy, and then, like, they chase Ralph around for a bit, and then, like, some actual adults show up to the island, and they're like, hey, what's up with all these bodies? Um, the good news is, like, uh, there was, like, an instance where a bunch of uh, school-age boys do get lost at sea, do go on an island, and then do make a society, and none of them kill each other. Yeah, who they, wrote uh, that story? That wasn't a story written. That was just a, that was a thing that happened. That's a real thing. Yeah, that that was a thing that happened. Uh, Where? Uh, I think it was like somewhere around Africa. Like it was like English schoolboys. They went on a trip. Uh, they ended up on an island. I remember listening to like a, a podcast called uh, the Political Orphanage, and they were talking about like uh, veneer theory or something. And one of the things that like like they were talking about was like Lord of the Flies. And how that kind of colors our idea of like, oh, without law and order, uh, we're immediately going to like just murder each other. Like we'll be on this survival track of like, if you just throw people on an island, they'll lose their senses and go violence. Like that's not true. Yeah, I don't think so. I think they were most, super chill. Most it's, sane people need a reason before we murder somebody. Yeah. What, what, when they started describing like how the kids actually operated on the island, it sounded like a roommate situation. Like, yeah, they came up with like a chore wheel. And if people got <laughs> mad at each other, they just told them, like, okay, you guys need to go to separate ends of the island until this is resolved. Hey, somebody better sweep the beach, all right? Yeah. Like, I think, I think like, a lot of the, <laughs> the violence that occurs in society is, is more, like, uh, uh, rule-based. Like, like, you have to be in an army or something. 
before you start actually killing people. Like, human beings are very reluctant at actually murdering each other. So if you're not, like, in an army or a gang or some kind of social situation where it facilitates that violence, it's very rare that you're going to actually commit to murdering someone. Yeah, I don't think you really, like, I don't think people really want to harm people unless there's an obvious reason or you're in public school. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's like, those are situations where you're just trapped you know, yeah. like it's a prison. Like it, I, all the fights I had in school were because I have to see this motherfucker every day, and every day he's giving me shit. And You're I a fighter? No, not not really. I was gonna say it I'd... happened. Like here's the thing: I will exhaust every resource I have before <laughs> actually engaging in a fight. But at a certain point, it becomes I'm ready to lose this fight. I'm the small dog we were talking about earlier. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't do so well in my one of my first fights. So, like, we'll, we'll end on fights. Awesome. <laughs> I, I want to hear your fight story. I'll tell you mine. So, when I was uh, in middle school, I was 12 or 13. Mm-hmm. I was what was called uh, gothic. Mm-hmm. Uh, they called us gothic because they didn't know how to say the actual name. And uh, we would, like, correct them as if we were helping ourselves. We were like, yeah. yo, stupid, it's gothic, bro. Like, mm-hmm. with our painted black nails and slipknot hoodies. Um, so, we were easily a target, mm-hmm. as that crowd would be. So, uh, we're at... One day, we had, like, our clubs or whatever. And we had, we had the dodgeball club. The pers- the teacher that ran the dodgeball club was cool. He didn't really care if you played. You just mm-hmm. had to kind of stay in, in one area. That sounds like P.E. Toaches yeah, you know, for the most part. Yeah, it was fucking like he was just like, whatever, you don't want to play, just stay where we can see you as if he's going to keep an eye on you yeah. while he's pegging kids with a fucking rubber ball. I'm so glad you said rubber ball because like when I heard pegging kids, I was like, <laughs> oh, man, this is this is a bad did school. You go I thought to, he was did you an go okay, to, relaxed guy. Did now you go to Catholic school? <laughs> <laughs> um, so apparently... One of my dumbass friends was like wandering to school and like ran into um, some kids who didn't like how he looked mm-hmm. or whatever. So he was like talking shit. The kids were like talking shit to him and he was like, well, fuck you guys. You can come find me in the bathroom. And like they followed him to the bathroom and like he just kept talking shit. And he was like, well, fuck you guys. You can follow me to dodgeball club. And like all these kids followed him to dodgeball club. Yeah. Where we, like, had to fight for, like, I had to fight for somebody else. Yeah. Oh, that sucks. Right? So, like, this wasn't my fight. Like, I mm-hmm. didn't ask for this. Um, so, two of my friends start fighting. Um, one of them actually does pretty well. The other one goes right, the kid, like, takes him down right away. Mm-hmm. And the kid's on top of my friend. And I'm like, punch him. Punch him. Do something. Do something. You have to do something in a fight. And he's not doing anything. Like, yeah. He's just trying to lift the kid off of him. So, like, I kicked the kid on top of him in the nuts from behind, like, in the gooch area. Like a hero, yeah. Yeah. So, the kid gets up, walks away. My friend chases him. He, like, my friend gets up and looks at us in shock. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Go get that guy because he just kicked your ass. You're just going to let somebody kick your ass? And he chases him all the way to the principal's office, and the cops get called. Or or whatever. They get, they get like, reprimanded. Yeah. Get suspended. Whatever. Everyone does their 10 days. Um, we come back to school. No one talks. No one. We didn't, we didn't have, I think, I don't even know if we had MySpace at that time. So, like, there was no communication at all. Not, I, meant, I meant with the police. Like, no, you were kidding. Nobody snitched. <laughs> yeah, there it we go. It was just a fight. 
it was all their fault, but nobody snitched. Um, so we all come back from suspension, right? The first day back, I see the kid that attacked my friend. And I'm like, oh, shit. We make eye contact, but the bell rang, so we had to go to class. Mm-hmm. After the bell rang, we all got out. And um, I meet my friend at her locker. And I'm just talking to her while she's in her locker, facing like away from behind me. I don't you know, know how to describe that to mm-hmm. anybody. So I'm turned around. People are coming this way where I can't see them. And all of a sudden, I feel the a semi trunk truck hit my fucking jaw okay. and my face slam into a locker because the kid remembered me at the fight mm-hmm. and not the other guy and decided to bring his friends to jump me. Oh, and that I, sucks. I got jumped in front of a girl I was probably trying to spit game with at her locker. And uh, by the time I could get up to kind of see and maybe defend myself, I just saw a, see a wall of people. And I was like, nope, I'm out of here. Yeah. And like ran to the pr- principal's office. And then I told. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. I feel like once once the numbers are against you, it's, uh, it's kind of over. I have... I have, like, two fight stories that are kind of related to my thought process of what I was thinking. The The first one was, like, end of, I think, sophomore year or junior year, one of those. And I remember, like, I was just, like, every day at lunch, I would eat with my friends, and we'd play some card games or something. And What'd every you day. Did you play it Magic? Was, it was called Egyptian Rat Screw. It's, like, this really fun game kind of like slapjack. Oh, is it, oh, it's, like, an actual, like, with regular yeah, cards? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You play with a regular deck of cards. Uh, the idea is if there's a double, you, you, uh, slap the table, uh, and you collect the deck and you're trying to build up your deck. Uh, and if it's like, uh, you have to keep on putting down cards in a okay. certain order or something. Beyblades. <laughs> Beyblades. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh it's Beyblades, but with cards. Sure. <laughs> um, but anyways, we would play this game every time. And there was like this really trolly guy, uh, who's like, I'd say like, I go up to his shoulders, uh, size wise. And uh, he would just constantly, like, every once in a while, he'd just take a card and he'd, he'd keep it. And it would just, like, get the fuck on my nerves every day. And every day he would just, like, uh, do annoying things or mess with my things or, like, just And this was a guy shit. that yeah. was, like, with your friends? like Yeah, yeah. Like, I would, I would even switch tables, like, because I didn't want to sit by him. And then, like, all my friends would come over. And then he would come over. Oh, and now I'm knows. just fucking stuck with this Lingerer. person. Yeah, yeah. He's having fun. He thinks he's being funny. If I get mad and try to express like what what my problems are with him, uh, that's just all more part of the fun. Uh, so eventually, uh, he sits down next to me, uh, and uh, he puts his hand on my sh- he puts his hand on my shoulder, and I just reel in and I punch him across the eye, nice. and like it clips it cuts him on the eyebrow, and he starts bleeding a lot. And I'm just sort of sitting there waiting for him to kick my ass because, like, <laughs> you realize, like, oh like, shit, no, no, I, I, I did the math. Like, I'm losing this fight. We both <laughs> are not terribly good fighters. Uh, like, we were both like what honor roll student kind. But of But he had size over you. Yeah, he had size over me. So the fight's over. It's just like I'm getting this one punch in. I punched him. I saw that he didn't initially react, so I just sat there and waited. It's like okay, let's. Uh... And then he didn't. He's just like, dude, you, you just punched me. <laughs> like he was confused. Uh, and eventually, like, uh, the ROTC teacher came by, and he was just, like, uh, uh, he covered up. Like, he didn't want it to be, like, uh, we got into a fight. So, like, yeah, he accidentally elbowed me. Because, uh, like, he, he he was, like, I think, salute Victorian or something. Like, almost valedictorian. I oh, if he was. shit. Yeah. Like, I'm getting I'm being bullied by a nerd here. <laughs> uh, so, it's a different vibe when that happens. <laughs> so, 
from then on, did he like respect you? He uh okay, so he lost a contact in that, and he wanted reparations for the contact, <laughs> and I, I I did actually pay him because I de- I desperately just wanted him to leave me alone, uh, and that worked. But that was like after a year of putting up with this garbage bullshit and trying to figure out other ways of dealing with him. Uh, no, you can just punch people in the face. Now here's <laughs> where that strategy doesn't work. <laughs> I was on a, a this was like during PE. This was like some months after it. And I remember being mad about something else, uh, which is never good when that influences your decision-making in other situations. But I was playing basketball, which I'm terrible at, and there was this other guy, and he was a lot better than me at it, and that's fine. But then he started being a dick about it. <laughs> like, and, and when I say being a dick, I don't mean just smack-talking. I'm fine with smack-talking. I'll walk away from smack-talking. But was it, was it like becoming a physical dick? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let me describe what like he did. Like chest, uh, chest to shoulders? As I'm trying to guard him, which I'm doing terribly, uh, he puts his hand palm first on my face. Mm. And he holds it there. Mm. Which is a weird thing to have happen to you. Especially when you know you're in high school and, like, you know where that palm has been. Yeah. And I ask, and I ask him, because that's the kind of person I am. I ask him, hey, can you take your hand <laughs> off my face? <laughs> like, there's, there's so much disrespect I'm willing to put up with to pursue peace. And then he says, what are you going to do about it? Oh, so shit. I immediately punch him in the face because there's no other response than uh, that's what I thought, bitch, that's coming after <laughs> anything else I say. <laughs> it doesn't occur to me. You could just walk away. It's like, no, I got to punch him in the face. Uh, it worked so well last time. <laughs> this time it happens differently. Uh, he immediately gets me in a headlock after I punch him. Uh, and I recall, oh, that's right. I don't know how to wrestle. I've never learned how to wrestle. I always thought it was kind of gay. Remember, I'm in high school. Everyone said things like that. <laughs> Everyone was homophobic. Uh, it's true. Even the wrestlers. Yeah, right? it's like, yeah, when you talk about, oh, you like, you like, you like touching guys or something. It's like, yeah, that kind of homophobia will get your ass kicked. And it, <laughs> that's fair. Uh, I remember the worst part about the fight, though, was like, like, because he was black and I was white. As he's choking me, he's like, yeah, I'm going to put you to sleep, Cracker. And I'm thinking, oh, uh, no, he's made it a race thing. <laughs> Let me explain why I'm not racist. And if you ever want to torture uh, a white guy, you just hold him down and you don't let him explain why he isn't racist the entire fight. <laughs> like, yeah. And then you just keep saying de- derogatory things to him. Yeah. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is very much about the hand <laughs> being on my face. I feel like anyone would be justified in this. But instead, like, he's choking me. So I'm going, <laughs> God, getting choked sucks. It sucks. sucks. And he was not he was not doing the the putting me to sleep part right, right? Like cuz it was like he was he was putting the pressure on my on my Adam's not apple. on your like yeah oxygen. not the sides right so yeah. it's like I'm just kind of like waiting there and there's a crowd building and I realize none of you people are my friends <laughs> no of <laughs> not course not one of you are helping me everyone in high school is just like if you if friends start fighting you're just like oh shit fight yeah record what was worse about this was like he was small like when I say smaller than me he was shorter than me but he was like like. There was more like weight to him, you know. Like he mm-hmm. was a he was a wide set. He was a football player. I was a track runner. Oh, so there's yeah. the, there's that difference in build. There it's like once he's got me in the headlock, I have to come really far down to the ground just to meet where he's at, and that sucks. So that was a very one sided fight. I got one punch in, 
And when you're not a good fighter, this trick is to get the one punch in and then grab them. And then you just wait until someone breaks up the fight. That's the <laughs> scummy way to fight that works. I did that backwards where I, I got the first punch in and then he immediately grabbed me and I lost the fight. Yeah, or you got to make sure that first punch is a fucking haymaker. Yeah. You land it perfectly yeah. that no. they don't want to get back up. Not with these skinny arms. No. no I, was a, I, was a, I was a twig in high school. I'm still kind of twiggy, but like there's some muscle there now. There's yeah. Some, yeah. yeah, yeah, me yeah. too. Yeah. Me too. I would never want to fight now. Now, no. at this point, if I ever had to, God forbid, you know, my shoulders would probably fall off. I, yeah, I feel like if you get into a fight as an adult, it's like you have to be prepared to kill the other person. And that's weird. <laughs> that's so like, At what point is biting wrong in a fight? Like, how old do you have to be where biting isn't? I think biting is actually ill-advised in a fight, <laughs> just because it's like. Uh, you bit a guy's ear off one time and brought it home to my mom. Yes, I'm not kidding. That's messed up. That's that is some trophy taking weirdness. That's so there. awesome. I think like if you're gonna bite, like there's 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 a fear factor that happens, like when you bite the ear. But if you uh, if you bite someone, they're probably going to tolerate the pain, and then when they start hitting you back, you have like you're very you're you're in a position where you get your jaw broken very uh, easily. Yeah, um, probably because it's so. So tense. so if you do that with someone who knows what they're doing, you're in a bad position. <laughs> if you do that to someone who's like, I don't want whatever aids this person has, uh, you're probably in a good position. Or like but, ball, ball squeezing, because like if I have to, I'm squeezing somebody's balls. If yeah, I'm in yeah. a position where I have no other choice, like you got me in a headlock and I can't like reach up to a head yeah. punch i'm squeezing your nuts no you 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 want the fight to stay at a certain level like if it's just like if it's like an, a matter of honor you know like this is a this is someone like you throw a punch and you maybe you kick which is even then a little out there for most <laughs> fighting because most people aren't that flexible anymore but like once you start getting into i'm going to start crushing your organs or like i'm gonna i'm gonna like break your trachea or gouge out your eyes like then things get ugly in yeah. the wrestling part because now everyone's just doing desperate stuff to each other you know, yeah I, I think i heard somebody do a bit about um the like ears yeah like if you can if you see that their ears are like cauliflowered then like that's a clear sign like you know you can have that fight like this is your fight you don't even have um, to. I, we don't no, even I know have an to, like, MMA guy that had like really messed up ears. I saw him in a video where he just knocked out a guy with a kick because uh, he did Muay Thai uh, like in three seconds into the fight. It was really cool. But yeah, I wouldn't like nicest guy in the world. Though. Of course, they usually yeah. are. Yeah. One of my good friends is a black belt in jujitsu and mm -hmm. like has his own gym. And like, I would never, you would never like peg this guy to be somebody who I mean, would you, fight you bring up pegging a lot in this uh, this interview yeah i would never peg that guy either it <laughs> sounds dangerous you know it's 2022 i'm just saying gay pride is among us uh and it's not going anywhere uh james this was awesome to have right. you hey glad um, to be here feel free to plug anything you have shows coming up uh or... yeah i'm gonna be doing uh this saturday if this episode comes out beforehand i'm gonna be at pink piano uh in It'll be out um, Monday. Okay. Well, you missed it. It was a great show, uh, and you failed. Uh, but you can see me at, uh, let's see here, I think, uh, let's see here, I want to say 81 Bay Brewing Company. I'm going to be doing a showcase there uh, Saturday, January 22nd at 8 o'clock. Uh, we're going to have a lot of great comedians like uh, Thomas Howell, uh, Rashad Baker, uh, Trevor Glassman, Trish Davis, 
Deandra Bolden, and Alex Boyce. Yes, I remember the cast. Nice. There's going to be like one person I forgot. And you're hosting and, it, right? Yeah, I'm hosting it. I, I set up my own showcase. That's so uh, I got sick. into contact with them. Uh, we got a nice flyer going. And then I'm going to be doing another show uh, February 19th at Brew Florida Growler Bar, same place I run the open mic. Um, that's going to be with uh, John Jacobs, Clark Brooks, Dan Bask, uh, uh, CP Post, and I swear there's one more I'm forgetting, and it's off of Sean Harper. Devin Alexander. Nope. <laughs> Next time, though. You're a great guy. I'm definitely no, going to have you on in one of my showcases uh, when I That's a solid lineup. When I and get it going, yeah. All of those people are so good. John Jacobs, uh, Dan Bass. Oh, yeah. We've been heckled by this dog so many times in the show. I love how at like, the start of this, I'm like, hey, you sure you don't need to close the windows? And you're just like, nah, I nah. like air conditioning. I can't be warm for a hot moment. Let's just let the cars drive by. I'm sure I can edit out the sound or something. I love, I love, no, I love it. That may, that's what makes it feel like a real podcast, yeah. right? This is no studio. This is like, were you even able to like, like, will the mics pick her up or is it just going to be like, we're just talking to some, like, we're pretending like you have a wife or something. Is no, that how it, it's going to sound? Or... It'll hear her. I, I think yeah. we'll find out. Okay. We'll find out. <laughs> Great. <laughs> when I run like, it back. What's the plan? Do you just throw out the episode? <laughs> no, I edit it. So at least we sound good. Okay. Um, you could just dub in her voice later. I've only had to cut. She sounds like a lot more clever than she was in the do, actual. We could do add-ins. What is it called? Um, ADRs. You know, I have no idea. That's where, like, when they. Uh, I just heard some fucking somebody talk about this on a podcast where they, where they go like they film a scene and their dialogue didn't get picked up. Mm-hmm. So when the scene's done in a movie or a show, they go back to like a recording studio and they record the dialogue, like, as they're watching the the video or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you want anybody to follow you? Instagram, yeah, Facebook, yeah. You all follow that? me at uh, JLH uh, the the number three then RD on Instagram. That's a I gotta really come up with a better name because just follow James Hollingsworth <laughs> on Instagram. You'll see me. I have a stand up comedy post. That's so much easier to say. So uh, much, yeah. Uh, well, this was awesome, man. Thanks all right, for thanks for having me on. This, this was fun. This was good. Bye, everybody. Bye, bye.